0: And we're back with episode 127 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Colley Jr. With me as always is Dallas Gridley in Dallas. We have reached officially a new era for NWA TNA. We are strictly going impact moving forward. We are done with the asylum and we're in the impact zone. I know you're thrilled. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled. We may not sound thrilled because I'm, still very tired but we made it and now we're moving forward to monthly pay-per-views but our first one isn't until about nine weeks from now Dallas how pumped are you
1: I mean I keep saying it but I like I can't explain how excited I am to finally be done with these weekly shows and move on to monthly pay-per-views and I think we might as well just say it now I mean it's going to be a little bit different here on the show We're going to have a little bit After this episode, Dave Meltzer does not cover the thumbs up shit. Like We'll still say, yeah, we liked it. We didn't like it. But we can't compare it to anything because they're not weekly pay-per-views. He only does that for Uh, pay-per-views. Notes might be cut down a little bit here and there. We might literally, some days, have a 50-minute episode of like, hey, guys, here we are. We have nothing to talk about. Here's the show. Okay, that was good. And then that's it. Like, that just might just be what happens now. Uh, I'm really excited to see how things switch and how they turn up. But today's show should be a normal impact episode, uh, as you guys know it. At least how we've been doing it. But yeah, dude, I mean, this is the last week. Uh, this is the last Saturday episode where there was an extra episode before it. This past Thursday, as we covered the final weekly pay per view from the TNA Asylum, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited to uh, finally move out of it Uh, in the era of the three-hour Sunday pay-per-views. I feel like more times than that are going to be pretty enjoyable. Um, I'm pretty curious to see the focus on impact uh, in this format now that they don't have a pay-per-view on Wednesdays that they have to deal. Like, how quickly are they just going to put big matches uh, on TV? I mean, we've got a few big matches already, but are they going to just go full force with big matches or is it going to be enhancement matches?
1: Yeah, that's something I've been thinking a lot about is how are they going to handle having just a strictly impact show? I think obviously, I mean, a lot of the recent impacts... Um, that we watch. I mean, so we're, today we are covering the 15th episode of Impact. Now, on all other 14 of them, I would say they have had limited promos. There are some, like, in-ring promos. And, I mean, sometimes we have backstage interviews, but, like, very rarely, I feel like. There's maybe one every two shows, it feels like, or something. But I think they're going to have to be doing more of that stuff on these shows, so... Are we going to get quicker matches, less matches, or how, how are we going to balance the, the promo time, talking time to tell these stories versus just the matches? I don't
2: know. Yeah, I
0: mean, it felt like more, uh, it was more of a video packages that we would deal with. Video packages, yeah.
1: And usually fairly quick ones. And they've only really mostly yeah. been highlighting the stars, not necessarily. I mean, yeah. Sometimes we'll get ones that kind of recap the feuds, but that's because they were taking place on the pay-per-views. So, right. I don't know. we'll see that. We'll see how the format change. I mean, I would assume we're going to really see it on today's show, if not next week's episode. It's gonna be one of the one of the two. We're gonna either see it a little bit now, or they're gonna hold off and then do it next week.
0: Yeah, and then I think another question too is, are there going to be people that? Were regulars in the asylum that don't make the trip to Zone. Uh, like oh. Eric Watts, Goldilocks.
1: I mean, All of that nature. Well, Goldilocks has been there so at least a little bit, so I I think we might hang on to her a little bit. Eric Watts is a really interesting one because, as we as we noted before, even the last few appearances, it was like, well, he happened to be in town. We're just <laughs> going to use him, and it's like, okay. Just, yeah let's just grab him so i do think we're gonna like i think him for example he may be few and far between here in the impact zone because really we're not immediately traveling from the wednesday shows to come down here on friday or on because thir- they did it the day after right thursday
0: yeah wasn't he like a third option one time yeah he was they're like oh Oh, we'll uh, wait, no. Oh,
1: yeah, Eric Watts. Perfect. Oh, yeah, Eric Watts is here. Let's use him. Oh, wait, Leparca has a second outfit? Okay. Perfect. That's exactly what we wanted. And yeah, like, they didn't even plan that. Like, that just has yeah, happened it, to be the case. They got really fucking lucky on that one. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm looking forward to this, and I guess, without further ado, we can get into our news and notes. But I guess before we really dive in, we got to talk about our last episode from the Asylum. A Date with Fate. I mean, it was a a big show, man. Uh, We both did end up giving it a thumbs up, even though I think we were maybe a little disappointed with the finish of the show, the ending. But we'll get there. Oops. Speaking of Eric Watts, I just clicked on his name. Uh, So we had a Six-Way X-Division Dominance Tag Team Elimination Battle Royal it was a gauntlet for the gold without the gold um and there's a ton of teams involved in that but it ended up being down to Jarrell clark and mikey bath defeating frankie kazarian or just kazarian and michael shane in four minutes and 36 seconds that's after the battle Royale part went seven minutes and 30 seconds so a uh, big victory for them i would assume they have to have a title match in their future i mean They keep that team. They've been doing a lot with them. So, see, yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be necessarily a competitive
0: uh, title match, probably. I would, I mean, no, I mean, probably not,
1: but I think you just got to do it just to get it done. Yeah. I mean, it's a fine underdog story, but yeah, and then they lose and we move on. Desire, Eric Watson, Sonny Sianaki defeated Abyss, Alex Shelley, and Goldilocks in seven minutes and 45 seconds. And it appears that that is kind of putting the bow on that story. I think we are got to be officially done with that. Abyss ended up turning on Goldilocks. We'll dive into that a little bit more here soon. Then we saw AJ Styles defeating Kid Cash with Dallas in a best two out of three falls tables match. in 12 minutes, 36 seconds. And Cash put Styles through the first one. Then Styles got the next two after that. Then we saw Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, defeating Scott Demore in 6 minutes, 45 seconds. And we had a special referee, Bob, in Vince Russo in that match. And it seemed like Russo was maybe going to turn, and then he didn't. Pretty surprising. I really didn't expect that.
0: Yeah, it seemed like, uh, I believe it was like a back elbow or something like that. Yeah. yeah like Dusty seemingly like kind of purposely hit him.
1: Yeah, it looked like uh, Vince might have turned on him. Yeah, it wasn't the case. I was pretty surprised. But, you know, sometimes they pull a sly one on us like that. Uh, The next match is pretty interesting. So it was going to be two separate title defenses. The Naturals were going to face America's Most Wanted and Triple X. Well, James Storm, he's injured. He couldn't come to the show. Then they took out uh, Christopher Daniels. I believe they were almost teasing as if it was going to be just Triple X getting the shot at that point. They took him out, injured that shoulder further. Dudes had an injured shoulder for at least six months, if not going on a year, I feel like, at this point. I just feel like it's been injured this entire time.
0: Yeah, it's been injured for a
1: while, seems like. So they had to find a team. We are thinking, oh, my God, it's Jarrell Clark and Mikey Bats. They're getting their shot here tonight, which I think would have made sense. Uh, but they kind of, they tricked us a little bit here. 'Cause Primetime came out and then his partner was Chris Harris. So we kinda had a mix of the two teams. It's kinda weird. And they won. We have new tag team champions, yeah. Chris Harris is a tag team champion with Primetime. What the heck? I'm still like can't wrap my head around that.
0: I I hate it personally.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really love it, but well, they beat the naturals. Twelve minutes, twenty five seconds. I don't know. It happened. I don't want to be your partner, but I will. We have a common goal. Yeah. Common enemy.
0: I don't want to be your partner, but I want to be champion more.
1: We'll just deal with it. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, And now, Bob, the main event. I have a question. Oh, yeah.
0: Did you mention the tables match? Yeah. Okay. I don't know
1: why I feel like I didn't hear it, but. (laughs)
0: Yeah, just that it
2: was.
1: Don't worry, I'm not forgetting that tables match. I love seeing Kikash and Styles fight. Uh, I don't know what I'm thinking, but yeah, go ahead, sorry. That's okay. Uh, The main event, man, a day with fate, Swanton versus The Stroke, Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy, the biggest match in either men's career, the biggest match in TNA history, well, at least according to Jeff Jarrett. Um, It's definitely Rearven Jarrett, but, you know, we all know the truth. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeff Jarrett retained the title against Jeff Hardy in eleven <clears throat> minutes and nine seconds. In what I thought was a pretty disappointing match. I mean, it felt very rushed. They didn't really do anything. Yeah, and they didn't pull the trigger. They didn't give it to Hardy. What the heck?
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it was pretty confusing. Um it seems like to kind of put a bow on it. I mean, Jared has really dominated the asylum year, uh, years. So, I mean, I kind of, kind of like as a fan, you'd maybe think, okay, cool. end this era of sorts and, uh, finish off the Jarrett reign and maybe move on with Hardy moving forward. But in Jared's brain, uh, as we've heard on his podcast, uh, he trusts, you know, it's easy to trust yourself as champion compared to other people. And I think in some twisted way, he thinks that he's the biggest star in terms of name recognition on the TNA roster
1: at this point. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah, and which it, I, I don't think is accurate at all. But. No, I don't necessarily either. Um, I it just It just sucks because when you have... Your champion slash, he's not really the owner anymore, but he, he's got a say in shit, right? He, he's running through your entire main event scene. Truly, who do we have that he hasn't faced? And there's one name I think we can both agree on that he is not beaten yet.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, really, he's beaten everyone except Monty Brown.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, though, he still is, like, part
1: owner, isn't he? Well, I think he's, like, minority, but... Minority, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I I was more saying it like he's not...
0: He's not a controlling owner.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He's just the guy, like, in the room that can say something, and then people are like, all right, thanks, Jeff, and then we're not going to do that.
1: Yeah, except in this case, Panda wants him to handle the wrestling part of it. (laughs) So I think... Right. So I think that's where, I mean, it kind of is... I mean, he's like, yeah. I think we, I, I'll carry the belt. People know who I am, and they're, they're like, right. yeah. WCW. Yeah. Oh yeah, remember when you sang in uh, WWF in 1995? Yeah. Yeah. Start. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So, I don't know. It's just a bummer. Now, if we're not pulling the trigger on Hardy, which bad move. We're not doing it on Raven. Once again, a bad move.
3: Yeah.
1: You have to yeah. do it for Monty Brown. I just don't know why you wouldn't, and it seems that we are potentially leading to Monty Brown versus Jeff Jarrett at Victory Road. That's what I would think. And you know what? If I have to wait nine more weeks <laughs> to finally get a new champion that's fresh and different in this company, I will do it, and I will be I will be glad when it happens. But holy shit.
4: It's just
2: crazy.
4: Yeah, that's uh, you don't think they would do Jeff again, Jeff Hardy.
1: Well, because, yeah, I do think they would. It's just I feel like the way the story's been going, like Monty's been like waiting. He's like in the shadow. He's like, I'm getting the shot at whoever wins, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I feel like it just naturally is going to be him next. Could we do a three way even? I'd be fine with that. I just think
0: at this point there's a more of an emotional interest, maybe, in a, in a Monty Brown, thing, especially if they were to uh, like officially turn him babyface. Because like we've said before, we've seen Monty Brown, at least clips of it on um, the Best Dance Sports Show, where he's right absolutely acting as more of a babyface and a heel. In his charisma, I think leans more towards an entertaining babyface more than a hateable heel at this point.
3: Yeah,
1: no, I agree with that. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I'm really hoping... I'm just hoping that we get something something good here. And how is Jerick next... We're going to hear from him on Impact. I do remember them saying we're going to hear from the winner of the match. So he's we're going to hear from him on today's show. What's he going to do? What's he going to say? Yeah, great. I'm sure it'll be long-winded and a blast to get through. I'm sure it will. Um, But I would assume that that will then lead us into what's happening next. So we will see uh, in just a few minutes. But we're going to talk about some notes. Uh, We got some notes that Dave uh, talked about from that show that we just discussed. More breaking down some of those matches. Uh, And then there's there's a bunch of stuff to talk about. And I'm just flipping through quick. I don't think it's it's super crazy. There's a bunch of stuff. So let's just get right into it. Let's get going here. After I find my where I was. Okay, so, Bob, we gave it a thumbs up. What do you think that the readers of the Wrestling Observer thought about the final pay-per-view, A Day With Fate? Um, I'm going to say they went with a thumbs up as well. Well, only 6% gave it a thumbs up.
0: <sighs> See, I was going to say thumbs down. And,
3: and that's...
1: That- Because of the Hardy thing, I I bet you. It's got to be. It's got to be. be. Because 64% gave it a thumbs down and 30% were in the middle. Which in this case would clearly be more tilting down, essentially. I mean. Does it say how many fans did this uh, overall? I guess. So, we got, let's see here. Let me do some maths in my head. 50 people. So, it's a little bit higher than that. That's a little bit higher. So yeah, I think maybe
0: it w- it's a little higher because people wanted to see Hardy win the title, and I bet you that if since he didn't, and in the manner that he didn't, which is another Jeff Jarrett screw job essentially, right, that uh, that sour taste was like you know what, screw that, that wasn't worth it, right, because it is an instance probably where a lot of fan where your paying audience is like oh cool I want to see this guy win the title, mm-hmm. and you don't give it to them,
1: right. Uh, and Dave even notes that it was, the response was higher than in recent months, but still below the average level of uh, from most of the run. And that's with pushing Jeff Jarrett. and Jeff Hardy is the, ma- the biggest match in company history. And what do you think was voted on as the best match for the final show? Uh, I will say Styles and Cash. Yep, that was number one. And the second was the X Division Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. And what about the worst match?
0: Rhodes and Demore.
1: Yep, that's right. I've hit that right on the head there. And in second place was the uh, Watsiaki Desire versus right. Abyss Shelley and Goldilocks. Okay, so let's break this down here. I'm going to try to just hold this so I don't have to crank my neck to the left. So Jeff, uh, sorry, Jarrett Hardy match was uh, was a match everyone realized was going to be tough. Jarrett laid it out shorter than most NWA title matches, with it going about 11 minutes, 15 seconds. Booked much of it as a brawling outside the ring, as well as putting a lot of focus on Dusty Rhodes and Vince Russo outside the ring because he recognized Hardy's limitations. Jarrett won Hmm. with a guitar shot while Rhodes and Russo argued outside, distracting Hardy. So, that's kind of what went down there. Now, the live crowd was sold out with 1,300. They sold more tickets than usual, Uh, the only purchased tickets, uh, sorry, more than usually the only purchased tickets at ringside, but they did sell quite a few $10 bleacher seats as well. Still, based Mm -hmm. on the early lines, far more got in free than paid. I don't think that should be a surprise at this point. Mm -hmm. And going forward, they're all free, so it doesn't really matter. Now, the atmosphere was great, as most of the crowd knew it was the last show in Nashville for the time being and considered it as bigger than the usual show. The local local paper even had a story that day talking about it being the last show, and that Jerry Jarrett would be opening up his own promotion in October. We've kind of talked about that very briefly with the Burt Prentice. I think I might have more notes about that even as well.
0: So J- Jerry doing his own thing?
1: Yeah, Jerry's going with Burt Prentice. It's like the USA right. thing or whatever, yeah.
0: Which, um, interestingly enough, does tend to use several TNA guys.
1: No, what else do you want, dude? Right, if, right, like, basically the same area. It's basically you're still getting this atom shows. Basically, I'm We're surprised. Gonna have to start covering them. Yeah, okay. I'm surprised <laughs> that there's not a uh, non compete. It's so interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's this is a very weird thing. Um. Okay. So. That's happening in October. I'm sure we will hear more about that, especially with using TNA guys and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, they did an angle on the show where Daniels was injured by the Naturals with the chair shots to his shoulders. They announced they, they that the worked James Storm injury from the week before. Uh, so they basically they're saying that the James Storm thing was just a work, so that was part of the story. What had been scheduled as the Naturals versus America's Most Wanted, with the winners then defending on the same show against Triple X wound up being the Naturals versus Chris Harris of America's Most Wanted and Elix Skipper of Triple X. Harrison Skipper won the tag titles when Chase Stevens had a chair and Andy Douglas had powder, but Skipper beat Stevens' chair with one of his own and Harris speared Douglas, sending the powder flying for the pin. It was a nice visual. I do remember that happening.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there was a big pop for the win, but the match wasn't good. <laughs> I don't remember it being bad, but fair enough. Uh, a big mistake is that Skipper is really carried by Daniels a lot as a team. I don't necessarily agree with that criticism that Dave gave him, but uh, this the decision was made since Daniels has had the prior injury that it would be an easier sell, but they sacrificed a lot with the match. Because Daniels and Harris probably would have made far a far stronger team. So he's being pretty critical of Elix Skipper there. But... Yeah,
0: I don't... I don't think I agree with that
1: uh, assessment at all. I don't, because I I like Ian Skipper and I think he's been fine on his own. He was yeah. fine before Triple X. He's been fine with it.
0: He definitely holds his own. I don't does like maybe Daniels keep uh, you know structure of the tag match or something or keep it going maybe, but I don't think Skipper looks lost
1: in there by any means. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Rhodes vs. Damore, with Rhodes winning with an elbow drop, was terrible. (laughs) Unlike the previous week, when the crowd was into seeing Rhodes as the Midnight Rider as their private joke. This went 6 minutes and 40 seconds, and it should have gone a third of that length. I agree with Uh, that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely should have been shorter. Uh, Damore was wearing what appeared to be a Terry Taylor hand-me-down robe, which I think is a hilarious note, Mm -hmm. because even if it is, once again, as we noted, it's going to be fricking Bobby Roode's, right? And it's like hilarious to me that it's the same jacket.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does look like a, a Terry Taylor hand-me-down. That's it, a good comparison.
1: It literally could be because he's working backstage still. That's I think right. So I mean, it literally could be. Yeah. And like now, I need to know more than ever before. <laughs> uh. Lost my spot. Okay, he couldn't carry Rhodes. no uh, well, surprise. Uh Russo never turned on Rhodes, even though they teased it when Rhodes hit Russo with the elbow, which we discussed. The match the post match saw Team Canada in, and Russo take off his shirt and start shoving around to more. Uh, which Dave notes was the funniest stuff in wrestling outside of internet posts on the subject in the last month. So, I think this, I do remember Russo kind of taking his shirt off, and we were like, yep. oh shit, what's going on here?
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, as we discussed, Styles won that two out of three Falls Tables match over Cash with the Styles clash from the middle rope through a table. The post match saw Cash, Dallas, and P.D. Williams doing number on Styles, with Williams laying him out with the Canadian Destroyer. The plan is to start a Williams versus Styles X division title program. Which AJ himself
0: uh, made very clear he was coming for PD anyway. You're right. Uh, I got another funny thing here about Kid Cash. Oh. Or maybe an interesting note here. So, again, I was listening to a clip of the Rene Dupree podcast, and he talked about his feud with AJ. Oh. And he noted that, first of all, he hates working for TNA. Like He thinks it was the worst company that he ever worked for. Holy shit, yeah so he goes he's talking to renee about it and he says uh his he's like the feud with aj made no no sense to him because it was pitched to him that uh, you know they would work for a few months or whatever and he was like i lost every single match and he was like usually in these situations for a few months you build, or a few weeks wherever you build it up i get some steam and then he beats me yeah. And He was like from the get-go i lost Every single time against AJ Styles. That's a pretty fair point because that's literally paid, what's been happening. Yeah. I mean I guess, I mean he put him through a table one time, but I mean he never he didn't pin him or anything. Right. And he still has maintained nuclear
1: heat. Which I guess is I mean, good on him to be able to continue keeping the heat right. on himself. I mean we've even said before we would I think it's pretty safe to say that he is Nearly the most hated person in the company. I would say so. Like, heat-wise, like, he gets a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, he his heat is different than Jarrett's heat. Jarrett's heat is almost like... I feel like he gets the go-away heat. It's a level go-away heat, but I think it's also heat, like... He doesn't... Des- he, like, he shouldn't be in the spot right.
1: at the heat. But, and Jarrett's... Like, I think Jarrett's, like, one of those people in wrestling where, like... You know you're. I feel like he's like he's always been like that kind of bad guy. So you kind of know that you're supposed to hate him, anyways. It's like, oh yeah, we don't like him. It's like it's like natural for him to just be like the hated guy.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> but like, Jared Jared he isn't really necessarily the type of he where it's like, oh, I want to pay to see him get beat up for Kid Cash. I no,
2: kind of
1: is like I want to yes. see him get beat up. I totally agree with that because like. I like, did. So that's such an interesting way to explain it. Cause like, I don't ever feel like, Oh, I can't wait to watch Jerry get beat up here. Like I, never, yeah, I I've never thought that. that's never came to my, my yeah. head. Yeah. That's a crazy thought though.
0: And, and what's kind of another interesting thing too, is like when you go back and look at the Raven feud, Jared was the baby face.
2: Oh my God. So that's, that wouldn't, yeah. Yeah.
0: wouldn't even be an instance of like, Oh, I want maybe for us, like we want a Raven to win and we want, but like, The way that that was programmed. Like. Jarrett's the baby face. He's trying to overcome. Mm -hmm. The intruder that it was
1: Raven. So. Right. Really interesting stuff. And like Jarrett. Just Jarrett as a baby face in TNA. Like at all. It's just weird. Like it just. It's weird.
0: Well. And I know. I mean we had like. I don't know if we've mentioned
1: it. But you know. We had the YouTube comment. Where they don't want us to talk about the future. Which I get. Hey, we try to beat around the bush. We apologize if we spoil anything. Yeah, we'll try
0: to be more vague. And I think that there's a, a a period here in TNA
2: where Jared as a face does work. Yeah. But I think that's a while from now.
1: Yeah, if it's the same thing I'm thinking of, it's a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, apologies if we're spoiling something. Uh, from I, We try to do it so it's far enough in advance That you'll forget about it just as much as we will But sometimes the Literally. excitement The excitement levels I just cannot contain myself
0: Yeah and I think <laughs> sometimes when, I think when we kind of are aware Of the future That it adds kind of context To what you're watching Now too Yeah I think so And sometimes we could be wrong About what is going about the future Like I could misremember So don't even really hold value to what
3: I'm saying
1: Oh, and I have misremembered multiple times. Exactly. And it's just, like, I literally thought that, like, Jeff Hardy was on the first anniversary show, which was clearly not the case. And that's just because I didn't have an understanding of the asylum years. I, mine was it was very mixed. So I've done that many times. I thought Sting was, like, barely here. And he we've already seen him more times than I thought he was ever in TNA before his eventual return. But... Uh, if you can hear the rain, there's a thunderstorm happening, so my apologies. Yeah, I know. I was not uh, expecting crap. there to be a thunderstorm. Oh, but... uh, yeah, be either. Um, okay, moving on here. Uh, Abyss finally turned on Goldilocks, giving her a backbreaker. And, of course, they got a big pop of that. And Dave notes that they haven't really given Abyss a new direction. The people think he's a face, but that isn't Dutch Mantel's short-term term plan for him. So, we'll see what happens. I'm really curious what they're going to be doing with the best. He's not going to be a face?
0: The short-term plan is for him not to be a baby?
1: face? No, Dutch Mantel does not want him to be a face.
0: Okay, I mean, so he could break away from Goldilocks and definitely still be a heel. I think so. He's been looking kind of wimpy. Yeah. So, if you break away from that and have him kind of just go back to being his, like, ruthless scary heel, and, like, I could see that that transition happening. Right. Instead of being a Bay base. Because yeah. I don't think that a at this point should be a Bay phase. Realistically.
1: Bay-Biz. No, I don't think so either. Uh, then we saw Mikey Batts and Joel Clark were the surprise winners of the X Division Dominance Mats. The 16 Battle Royale came down to Clark and Kazarian. Then they turned it into a regular tag, and Batts scored the pin, surprising pin, on Michael Shane. Whatever this accomplished, with an upset, the crowd got into, or well, it was nullified. Uh, eventually, we're going to see, because I was just reading something. I wasn't supposed to read. Oh, boy. My apologies. I stopped myself before I did any spoilers. There you go. That's why I didn't have it bolded, and I sometimes I do that just to, you know, continue it. And right. I just almost spoiled something. My apologies. Okay, so let's dive into some other stuff here. Um... I, I, you know, I'm going to start with uh, something here because Dave Meltzer, this is the September 20th, 2004 Observer Newsletter. There is a massive, he wrote a massive piece, essentially, about TNA starting its newest phase. And he questions uh, what will people, what will make people shell out money to see the product and how they can get new stars over. And he just writes, I mean... Or five, like tons of paragraphs here about this. Uh, it's an excellent read. I'm not going to read it on here uh, because it, we'd literally be here for probably 30 minutes trying to get through this. But he really breaks down what I mean, it's almost a history of kind of where we've been with the weekly pay per views, comparing it to, to some WCW and ECW stuff as well. Um, and he even points out, you know, that the company's biggest problem is the current marketplace. And Then he dives into some other stuff um, which I am going to talk about because, uh, you know, bringing in names that we are hearing rumors about, like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, which Hmm. is going to be a greater expense in giving the end result of the negotiations with these – the past – with the – sorry, hold on. And giving the end result of negotiations in the past with those two – and other people like Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, and China that never went anywhere. Uh, even though apparently Kevin Nash has confirmed to friends that he is coming in, so uh, and he continues going on production budgets and stuff like that, and he really uh, breaks it down. And actually, there's I have another note about about this as well, but I may actually be saving that for next week's episode.
3: Okay
0: there's no way they're getting anything near
1: WCW money. No, no, that's silly to even think that they would. If people think that that's the case, it just, there's just no way.
0: But like, it's so, if you're, when you're so used to, you know, let's say $3 million a year, Mm -hmm. right? Um, then I guess, Nat, I guess they had both been in WWE. Um, since WWE before this run, right? So let's say, you know, that's still like around the three million. But I don't think they're making that money even dead to be. But just for the sake of the argument, so you have that a year. You're probably working a few more dates, uh, and then TNA comes around and they're like, "Hey man, we'll have you come in for."
1: I, like I don't even know what a ballpark could be. I know. Yeah, I have no clue. Remember our top number? We were paying what thirty five hundred for an appearance, and it was for Scott Hall, I believe.
0: Well, I believe like initially it was more like seven or eight, and then their numbers yeah they cut were it down yeah, could, yeah, yeah and they had to cut it down to like three or yeah thirty five hundred.
1: Now, um, with the, now with the panda backing and stuff like that, obviously, yeah. we're paying for TV. But with their financial backing, if they think that it is an investment that is worth it, they may be willing to pay something more like that. Right, but I mean they're not going to be like Hey, here's three million dollars No, no Kevin Nash Absolutely not, not in 2004
0: Yeah, I mean I would have to imagine It'd be a
4: low six figures Right? Like It have, it would have to be
0: And then if I'm Nash them, I'm, if it's like Let's say it's like a quarter of a million They have to be like I'm only working pay-per-views then
1: oh yeah i mean it's right I mean, it's got to be something crazy i almost want to say that that's still too high but you never know
0: well and let's keep it like simple and in terms of like numbers so like let's say it was a it was a quarter of a million i i would bet that nash and like hall would be like, okay we'll do that but we're only doing six dates.
1: yeah they're gonna work something like that yeah yeah
0: like like, six uh, wrestling dates. Like, we'll do interviews and whatever. We'll talk. But when I it comes to matches, we'll do... We'll not... We won't even do 12. Like, don't even try to say once a month. No, no. We'll give you six. Yeah. That's what I would have to think. Hall, Hall, you could probably get more? Because I feel like he actually kind of enjoys wrestling. But, like, Nash, he's just like, yeah. Right. I'll do a, I'll do a handful. Right. Um, so, yeah. It's,
1: it's really interesting. And... Uh, and the note I am saving, I think we are going to be talking about that. Uh, I, like I said, I think I'm going to save that for next week because it kind of relates off of that, and I think it'll make sense uh, once we get onto next week's episode. Uh, the impact on September 3rd did a .17 rating, which was the Friday of Labor Day weekend, and the 8.27 did a .12. And now these numbers are considerably lower than their average of about .25, range that the show has been doing up to that point. And do seem to indicate, even with small audience, that they are drawing from a loss in momentum. But once again, as he even noted, it was a holiday weekend, so I think we need to right. keep that into perspective. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, we don't. We, I'm hoping that we'll hear the note about this eventually uh, on Bob's end. And by eventually, I mean January, because uh, there's Wrestle reunion happening in Tampa. And apparently on this show, whoever is holding the NWA tag team titles is going to be defending it against Dory and Terry Funk. So, keep that in mind. We're going to hold on to that until January. In January of... So, that's 2005. Yeah, it's noted. Uh, it's, it looks like the weekend is the 28th
4: through the 30th. That's... Um... That's pretty interesting. Yeah. for What
1: is it? It's a Russell reunion? Russell reunion? Wrestling reunion.
0: Wrestling reunion.
1: And it even has uh, AJ Styles and Daniels in a six-man with Roddy Piper, Jimmy Valiant, and Rocky Johnson. What? It's what's being noted. I mean, it could always say Jeff Jarrett versus Tully Blanchard. Uh, managed by J.J. Dillon, and with Ricky Steamboat as the referee. Yeah, I mean, this is like a wild-sounding show. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. So we may have some fun indie notes coming up, but it was noted here, so... Uh, Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, The Miami Herald ran a story, and he's not on the show, so not that I know of, so I'm just going to tell you this now. Uh, They ran a story about Alex Shelley whose real name, as Bob has told us for fun stories in the past, I think you said on the podcast, his real name is Patrick Martin, and he's 21. He's from mm-hmm. Detroit. And Bob called him Patrick Martin once, and then was basically told, fuck you, do not call me that name.
0: Yeah, that was
1: good uh, times. Yeah. Well, he took the name Alex from the main character in A Clockwork Orange. Oh, there's thunder. If we lose power, we're talking about the Alex Shelley interview. Uh... <laughs> And he took Shelley from Pete Shelley, who's the lead singer of the band The Buzzcocks. Uh, in describing the difference between wrestling for TNA and Ring of Honor, he said, Working TV and independent shows are like night and day. And that's something I didn't account for when I arrived in TNA. If you talk to some people who have been around the business for a while, they can tell you that a lot of independent fans come to see these high spots and big moves in person, while facial expressions and storytelling are more important on TV. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty accurate.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I would agree.
1: Um, Dave notes here that the most – this is no longer an Alex Shelley interview. Uh, The most notable thing over the past week are David Zahadi's videos. And in particular, and I'm not 100% sure if we didn't see this or if we're going to see it on today's show or if we're just not going to see it. Because it's commercial for the November 7th pay-per-view. Uh, And he notes that they are masterpieces and position the company perfectly as a hot new alternative in wrestling. We heard one report that WWE told people that they read about Sahadi negotiating with TNA and told its employees who were friends with him that they could no longer have any social contact with him, which put a few people in an awkward position. And uh, I do believe we did see a very interesting open on the Date with Fate pay-per-view that was different than we expected. Mm-hmm. And I think that was potentially part of this commercial or footage from it or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which is really fucking good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, Okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, there are a lot of ECW guys who now wish that they never never signed a contract. And that's because they look at WWE... And now Dave notes that this may be, and in some cases is, wishful thinking. But they see Paul Heyman back in a stronger creative position, which is also noted that he doesn't have anywhere near the power he had, and Tommy Dreamer, who almost every er, ex-ECW wrestler in TNA likes, moving up in the ranks in the talent relations department, and thinks that it may be their opening. When one approached a company official about a release, he was told to not even think about it because Jeff isn't releasing people because he's not going to let anyone under contract go to WWE. Uh,
0: who who would they
1: be really referencing? I mean, Kid Cash, I guess, could be somebody. Kid Cash is definitely the biggest on this list, I would say. Um, I doubt, there's no way in hell Raven is thinking this. There's no way. There's no, yeah, there can't be. Uh, is, is Sabu under contract? I know he's obviously out currently, but he could potentially I'm, be in that. Um Shane Douglas, maybe. I know he's doing more interview roles, but.
0: I don't think that Shane Douglas could see himself going back there.
1: I don't really, I don't think so either. But I'm just trying to think of other ECW type guys who would, would think that. You know, Vito had not signed a contract, as far as I know, and it's even noted, actually, that Alvarez says "Eh, he seems to be gone. So it may not be him anyway. Um, I I truly don't know. I'm trying to think of other people under contract. Yeah, I mean, Diamond and Swinger? Diamond and Swinger, that might be true. Jerry Lynn works as an agent. He's not really as much on TV, but I don't think I don't think he's like, I'm gonna go to WWE and make an impact right now.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't I just I don't really think that there's that many ECW guys right now.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's pretty safe to say. And certainly not under contract. Diamond and Swinger, you might hit that one right on the head. That one might be right. Diamond and Swinger could be it. I mean that yeah, that I could see. But. Yeah. But I don't know. hey. Um, Jerry Jarrett appeared on camera on that Burt Prentice's TV show in Nashville briefly this weekend as they promoted their new group that runs Nashville Fairgrounds. I think that I think there is another note that kind of bounces off of that, unless I'm mis- uh, or thinking wrong. Nope, but it doesn't look like I do. I do think it might be noted in maybe a future uh, thing, but basically it's like he never appeared on TNA camera, and then he's immediately on screen essentially for this new uh, thing with Burt Prentice. So it was kind of an interesting note.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, let's see what else we got, Bob. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but... Okay, I actually only got a couple more things. Cool. I'm kind of... Actually, this is kind of related to what we just talked about, because... uh, So you're probably wondering why I'm going to say this, but there's a Tom Pritchard update. So... Tommy Dreamer replaced him, which is kind of what we just talked about. He's moving up the ranks in talent relations and everything. Now, apparently, Tom Pritchard was telling people that he was coming to TNA, and that he was in good enough shape still that he could probably wrestle. Oh <laughs> Why? I don't know. I would assume he's not going to wrestle, but
0: <laughs> I would. I mean, I like Tom Pritchard, but. I mean, TNA is, I think, well past uh, Tom Pritchard wrestling for them, right? I don't think so. You don't think so?
1: I would think he's not going to wrestle. Okay.
0: Like, that sounds like a 2003 thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're over that.
1: Like, Terry Taylor and Sabisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we're back that. Tom Pritchard could come out too, yeah. Bobby Boone. Great. Um, (laughs) I'm going to butcher this name. So my apologies, but Rob Naimi, maybe? I think that's right. Uh, He is through with the company now that the Impact tapings have moved to Tuesday nights. Now, I don't... They haven't just yet, for the record. This is still... We're in the process of moving them. Uh, He was working in the guerrilla position, but won't be able to anymore due to a scheduling conflict. He took the opportunity to bury Johnny Fairplay, whom he hates. The two had an altercation in a bar a few weeks back, and he said in part... Quote, this guy is a nobody and is going to get what he deserves eventually. I just hope it is me who can dish out what he got coming to him. Uh, Dixie Carter thinks that fair play and Rupert in a survivor vs. survivor gimmick is something that the fans in TNA want to see. Yeah, nothing like uh, watching two non-workers get in the ring to totally stink up that joint. Sounds like great entertainment to me. So... He's just throwing it all out there on his way out.
0: Uh, I mean, he's right, though. I mean, who would, he's I, definitely right.
1: <laughs> I would not want to see that. Absolutely fucking not. Um, Pat Kenny did a radio interview. And he was really excited about his new character. Now, we've briefly discussed the new character, and that's the Empire Saint. Now, Pat said that Bill Banks played a major role in development of this. So remember that is what Alvarez points out. Remember who did this? Uh, He said that he liked the idea of moving to monthly events because it would take some pressure off creative team and allow them to build storylines, angles, and characters to make the matches mean more. Um, And then he basically spent the rest of the interview talking about the real about quote real sports. I'm saying quote because I hate when they say talking about real sports, including his baseball team that he plays on. And then I have one final note here, and I got, I think, a couple small ones to talk about during the show, but Dixie Carter in a Nashville newspaper article basically said the reason they were moving to monthly events was the fault of the pay-per-view providers. Quote, the consumers are conditioned, really, to pay for a major event once a month, Uh, which is hilarious that they're just talking about this, but (laughs) Uh, she said that the company wasn't completely abandoning Nashville as 15 or 20 full-time staffers were going to remain at the office on 10th Avenue. Uh, And then the only other really thing that she points out, because a lot of it is just Alvarez talking crap about everything, is that Carter's claim that Victory Road would attract 55 million cable and satellite viewers.
4: Okay, so... No, she's not guaranteeing they're going to watch, but it could attract
0: them. <laughs> so that's what I was just going to say. Like, Yeah, it couldn't attract... Like, that's how many people could watch it. But I feel like I wouldn't say that when, at the end of the day, you're getting a point one one seven fucking rating, which is probably, like, you know, 100,000 people.
1: Now, how would you feel if we get to that show, and we're like, okay, we got the back rating? 55 million people bought it oh my god no way you'd shit your pants
0: uh well yeah and then like tna would be like oh we're set forever because all these people spent 25 dollars on our show yeah so like we have nothing to worry about it's some good shit um yeah so
1: that's not happening
0: i mean even if they i mean yeah it's just ludicrous like if you showed 55 million people uh a tna show right yeah, and then you were like, "Hey, would you spend this amount of money on it?" If you even got ten percent of the fifty-five million, mm-hmm. you'd probably be like, "All right, not bad. You know, we got something." Yeah, I feel like they wouldn't even get ten percent. Probably not. So there's no way, right? WWE would probably get a decent amount, like right? Percentage, but I mean, TNA, there's no way.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, well, Bob, it's just about that time, but I got two dark matches for you, and then oh we boy. can then we can click play on this bad boy. <clears throat> so, uh, on this September 10th, 2004 edition of Impact, it was, of course, taped the day before, so yeah, we're not quite at that Tuesday taping just yet, but now there's two dark matches that took place, and one of them I do have a note on that I'll just mention during, like, a video package or something, but... Just to uh, keep us talking. Uh, Dallas and Kid Cash defeated the team of Chris Saban and Amazing Red. Sounds like a fun tag match. Yeah. And then there was a dark six-man tag, and you you know who those six people are. It's three Life crew, BG James, Conan, and Ron Killings, and they defeated the team of, listen to this, Alex Shelley, Matt Seidel, and Titus. Oh, Titus. And that would be, of course, Ryan Wilson. Right. And that is what I have a note on, but we'll talk about that during the video package because it's pretty I quick. I can't
0: believe i am not finished with this Titus thing yet.
1: Well, if you've noticed, he has not appeared on screen. <laughs> so, right. What's that tell you? Yeah, that tells me that he's just not probably uh,
0: ready. I mean, he wasn't really ready when he was with Northcutt.
1: Yeah, fucking redshirt security. Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? Yeah, you know what? I feel like he's the rare rustler where, like, they wrote
0: him off with an injury, quote-unquote, and then he never came back.
1: He was actually gone.
0: Yeah. Like, it was, like, his arm or whatever. Like, Raven, I think, Raven, like, broken or something. Yep. And then we never see him again. Or we haven't seen him again. Right. Yeah. But, you know, most times when there's an injury, we see them, like, two weeks later. And they don't even have a cast. Unless you're Rick Santel who broke his collarbone
1: and, and it winces
0: and winces when you even mention it. Yeah. You're the oh shoulder. Oh. Ooh, oh man. God. Why got to, br- why got to bring it up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you do the dark matches. It's now time, then, it's time. to uh, get into the September 10th, 2004 edition of NWA impact. The runtime for this is 46 minutes on the dot. So if you wanna watch along with us, head over to the Impact Plus uh, app, or if you have it in your own personal collection, hopefully in your personal collection, you don't have commercials, because I believe that we don't. Hope not. And, uh, watch along with us, or I guess you can just listen to us react to it and uh, go from there. So I'm gonna count down from three, and when I say play, that's when you are gonna to wanna hit the play
4: button. So here we go, three, two, one, play. Oh, see, here we go. Look at this package. This is TNA. See, that was wicked
2: cool.
1: It was like a literally a few second intro. It was awesome. Yeah. Ten seconds. So now we're kind of diving in. Jeff Jarrett retained the title, and that's right. A lot of people were watching that. Remember Raven, Abyss, uh, Monty Brown were all had their eyes on that title match and did not actually interfere shockingly enough. Mm-hmm.
2: The aftershock will be felt today on Impact.
4: And now, from stage twenty-one, it's total non-stop action wrestling. Impact, my favorite fucking
1: show ever. Let's go. Need to change this fucking song, man. Yeah, David, David's hot. has got to change that. Yeah, can you get them to change this, please, David? Please help us. Soon rather than later. I'm going to miss our banger of a theme, which... Will this episode be the first one changed? Probably not until they have a better theme. So, (sighs) I'm I'm keeping the good one. (laughs) Our intro is not changing right now. Um, I don't blame you.
2: Bob, how many people do you think are inside of the Impact Zone tonight?
4: 700. Um. Nope. Eight hundred. Nope. It's five. Five fifty. Four hundred. Damn it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wait. Does this mean that this is the end of Don and his uh, shirts? Because he's just got a. Oh. College shirt on today.
1: Oh my god. You might be right.
0: Because we got uh, Don Weston tonight in the ring.
4: Which is weird, this is, yeah, since when do they both get in the ring together like this? Get out of here. Oh, they sure. just said they had to turn away a thousand people into the asylum. You liar yeah, bis snapping. Tag titles situation. Out of control.
1: I like that Tanay is now wearing the tux, but now it's just like a TV show. So now it's like just that. It's like kind of... I know he was doing it before, of course, but it's just kind of funny because before it was like, oh, it makes sense. It's pay-per-view. He's trying to be fancy. Yeah. Now we're just like on TV and he's like, I'm wearing the tux, the bow tie, the tux. Isn't that something that he wears like forever? Yeah, he does. I just, I think it's kind of amusing. And, we're and essentially getting... A highlight package of what happened in the pay-per-view. Again. Which? Like, that's how the show started. And that one was better, because it was, like, a quicker one. This is kind of breaking down the tag team title. Thing, or, sorry, the X Division Dominance tag team.
0: Right. Which, stuff. uh, Mikey Babs
1: and Drew Clark won. Okay, we're doing oh, the whole show.
0: They're doing the whole fucking okay,
1: show. Okay, so, Bob, let me give you my Dark Note match. Then. Uh, no, yeah. I was going to wait, but... It might as well, yeah, go on. Uh, Because we literally talked about all of this. Uh, So, you'd be shocked to hear this, but Johnny Fairplay was back at TV for a dark match. And he was managing Titus, Ryan Wilson. Oh, wow. Uh, He was given a new story this week. Uh, It's the same Dixie Carter wants him because she personally signed him, and they were going to use him against Rupert. That will probably change weekly because no one else wants him around. Carter even insisted that he be put back onto the website. What
2: is up with that? Yeah. Why is
0: she so obsessed with Johnny Fairplay?
1: I don't know, isn't it weird? I actually I meant to tell you about this. I saw I believe Just Incredible post a photo with Johnny Fairplay. And he wrote something like, Oh, miss you dude. And I think people in the comments thought he died. <laughs> and you were like Johnny died? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. I think it was on Facebook. Wow.
4: Anyway. Harrison Skipper, the tag champions. Harris is shocked.
0: Dusty blatantly back-elbowing uh, Russo Russo, teasing that he was going to hit him with a foam baseball bat or a rubber bat, whatever, but he didn't do it. And instead, See? as he makes the cover, he kind of contemplated counting a three.
1: So he writes, miss you, brother, and it's him and Johnny Fairplay. Right. The comments, someone goes, sending love with a heart, and then writes, big hug. So they definitely thought he died. Right. Uh, and then other someone else commented, is that naked Midian? Oh, my gosh. And then you got the impact fair players. Those are the comments that we got on that, uh, which I actually thought. And it, I'll be honest with you. I was like, did he die? <laughs> he did. did you thought Johnny might have died. I did check. Oh,
4: my God. Just to make sure. Well, yeah. What if he did? That's funny.
1: I enjoyed what that. I just liked big hugs. This person definitely thought Jennifer played it. Yeah. Okay, so we're in the last minute. We're seeing the pinfall to Jeff Hardy. We are now nearly six minutes into the show. Actually, right now we are, and we have yet to see a match. This is actually very different from our normal format on Impact. In fact, this is pay per view format, and we're back. And Tane and Don West are still in the ring.
4: Yeah. So we um we are six minutes and
0: twenty seconds into the show, and it's been literally just a recap of the last pay per view weekly pay per view.
1: Oh, they're on the way to Victory Road, so we're going to see Hardy and, I believe, Styles team up next, they said. So we're going to commercial. So you tuned into Impact. You just saw all that shit. Now you're going to commercial. We've seen nothing yet. I suppose if you did not watch the pay-per-view, you would have been a lot more interested. But we did. We watched it.
0: Right. And now, I think as a viewer, I probably would have tuned out before the conclusion of that nearly
1: six-and-a-half-minute recap video. Well, cause like, come on, and now we're seeing we're coming back and we're seeing more highlights from the pay per view. Oh wait, okay, it's the so this best is the tag teams. Okay, so this is advertising the extra pay per view this Wednesday on pay per view. Me and Bob will be covering the hits. No. Oh no, he said no. Sorry guys, no, okay. I take it back. We are not covering the hits.
0: How much do you want? So it says the hits of the run. It's it's got to be mostly probably from this year,
1: right? One hundred percent. In fact, a lot of the clips you're showing are six-sided ring. Yeah. Oh, there's an old one. That oh, was there's a, another was an old one. Oh, uh, there's another Okay. So there's a couple. Oh, they almost... Well, we did,
0: okay. we did have a four-sided ring in 2004
1: as well. Yeah, you're right. And they did just say the best hitting matches from 2004, I think. Yeah, they did. Look at this. Wait, this is kind of a cool way that they just did the cuts for that. This is another Impact commercial. Dude, we are... Hold on, hold on. Eight minutes in, and we've seen nothing. <laughs> is this just a clip show and we don't know it? <laughs> dude, what is happening?
4: Okay. So, not, hey, watch the show that you're already watching. Dude. Holy shit, dude.
1: <laughs> dude, another... AJ Styles kick Cash, we're getting that, isn't it? About the tables match.
0: Oh my god. Well, you know
1: what? If we get all these out in the first ten minutes and then the last thirty is matches there or whatever, then fine. I'm Oh, why you right are now. they showing that? Why did I they w- just show that? I would have been
0: tuned out. I would have clicked away and then I would have tried to like click back in to see if it's done with weekend. Well dude, if
1: you watched the pay per view, you're wasting your time right now. Right. If you didn't, like I said, you'd be hooked because this isn't WWE where they're showing you a picture with sound. Still, right. This is actual footage from the pay-per-view. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, they've always done it, though. I feel like TNA has never shied away from, like, here's a fucking clip from the pay-per-view. So I
0: feel like they normally would show you the footage, but they would not show, uh, like, the finish. That's fair. Oh, looks like here comes the former NWA Tag Team Champions, Andy Douglas, Chase Stevens, the Naturals. I just,
1: dude, every time I look at these guys, I'm like, they're a wicked good team. Because you know what makes a good tag team, Bob? Matching a tire. Of course. I'm just, It's just the truth. The no, I'm, pink, not, I'm not disagreeing. The pink, black, and white dude, we got a little Bret Hart going on. He is Bret Hart. Look at the hair in the face. It's Bret Hart. <laughs> Fucking laser lights, dude, in the impact zone.
0: Andy Douglas is Brett, and Chase Stevens is Owen. Oh yeah,
1: yep, yeah, that's definitely what's happening.
0: And here comes uh, AJ Styles, and as you said, he should be teaming with Jeff Hardy. So this is not—I wouldn't say this is a squash match, right? I'm sure the Naturals will probably get some.
1: I would have to assume steam here. Actually, my final note is about AJ Styles, Bob. And I should have, I could have even mentioned this earlier, but I figured I'd save it. Uh, yeah. Styles is said to be thrilled about getting away from working with Kid Cash and going f- toward uh, <laughs> Petey Williams. <laughs> Styles has a certain type of high-flying match that he likes to do, and most veterans don't want to do it. So he tries to get opponents who do. So,
0: Well, and I'm, I'm sure to some extent that he might be kind of aware of Kid Cash's attitude.
1: Uh, yeah, just a little bit, I'm sure. So, yeah,
0: that probably doesn't help.
1: No. <laughs> and here comes Jeff Hardy. Let's hear it. Does the audio, does his theme have uh, audio or lyrics? No. No. It doesn't, but on the pay-per-view, it did. Well, it's probably a bigger deal on the pay-per-view. He's not wearing that weird jacket this week. He's also not wearing any glow paint. It's kind of well, throwing us off.
0: Well, he looks good here. the The last yeah. impact, he looked. He had like the green and everything, right? It was well, like that weird. looked
1: like baby shit all over him. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: So. Yeah, I don't think that
4: was necessarily a good look.
1: No, I like this look. He's got the like fishnet shirt on.
4: The wet hair. We haven't quite
1: hit peak. Jeff Hardy uh look for me here yet but that's fine we'll get there immediately we got Andy Douglas and AJ Styles starting us off which is we could not be bullshitting this we got to get right to it look at that Chase Stevens hitting the head of Styles distracting him You, if you hit the SAP button you can listen oh you can listen to Savio Vega do Spanish Mm. commentary they just said look at that and I missed the first name but I'm assuming it's um
0: Savio Vega, one of the greatest mystery opponents to ever appear on Pay-Per-View. Replacing Shawn Michaels at No Way Out in 1998. Wow.
1: Didn't know that.
0: You didn't know that? I don't think I did. It was so funny. <laughs> DX was like, oh, we got a mystery partner for an eight-man tag, and it's fucking Savio Vega. Like, Wait, with DX? Yeah. Because oh, like my- it was originally supposed to be like Steve Austin and... I think, like, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie and maybe another person against Sean, Helmsley, Billy Gunn, and Roadhouse. So, it had to have been four. So, there's another guy in that match. And then uh, maybe it was, like, Shamrock or something.
3: Wait,
0: but, okay.
1: Uh, well, never mind. We, don't, we can talk about it off air.
0: Remind so, me about that. So, it wasn't Shawn Michaels. And I forgot who they were, like, teasing it as. Maybe, like, maybe Sean would be there. But then it ended up being Savio there, That's hilarious. Which, I mean, if you kind of really look at it, um, Savio and Steve Austin did have a history, obviously.
1: No, that's a fair point.
0: So it does work a little bit, but it's a horrible surprise.
1: (laughs) Well, as we know, Savio Vega should have won the... Is it the 1995 King of the Ring? Or is it 96 that we watched that he should have won? 95. 95. Yeah,
0: and then he should have won the Intercontinental title.
1: Absolutely. And you can Uh, listen to us cover those shows over on Icopod in the archives.
0: Yeah, so it was Stone Cold Owen, Cactus, and Chainsaw against Triple H, Vega, and the New Age Outlaws in a non-sanctioned match.
1: I know what I'm doing when I get off. I might actually check it out.
0: I don't think I've watched that show in, like, ever. Uh,
1: The Naturals have control here. Double team on AJ Styles, arms behind the back. Nice kick to the chest, Chase Stevens. If they hit the natural disaster, Bob, it's done. Well, no one's kicked out of it, which is pretty. And impressive. it is a good fit. It is a good finish, dude. I've been loving the transitions into it too. Yeah. How many double team moves do you think? Oh, that's got a cool transition to get into it. Look, here we go. Oh, here we, here go. we go. go. That's what I'm saying, dude. Oh, Styles broke out of it. Is it? It's almost yeah. like a reverse tilt a war all into it, dude. I love it. Oh, yeah, goes for Now Boba Styles goes uh, for another. He moves again. I mean, oh, you know, here
0: comes Jeff. The only other thing I could think of is like the 3D, maybe.
1: Okay, that one I could see how you could have a cool setup for it. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, flankliner by uh, Hardy.
0: To Douglas, and Douglas is acting like he's knocked out from it. Only gonna get a two comp up is Chase
1: Stevens is a great tag team wrestler. He made the save. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Jeff Hardy's not quite wearing normal. Oh no, they even still see through. Right, it's like a blue fish net. I kind of like that. It looks that. So blue. Yeah, I didn't realize it was colored. Oh, oh, Styles moonsault, Reverse DDT, but Chase Stevens mm-hmm. almost wasn't up in time for that. Yeah, but Styles was able oh, to catch himself. Jeff was going did. to the
0: top rope for something. He's not the watch. legal
1: man. Brainbuster. The Hardy is the legal man, isn't
0: he? No, didn't Styles just tag in?
1: Well Hardy hit the Swanton and guess what? It doesn't matter because Styles goes for the cover. Hardy gets uh, Chase Stevens out of the ring and they get the three count. That wasn't bad.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I just I don't know how I feel about the naturals uh it should happen like that.
1: They got at least a little bit in though, like you were saying. I mean it wasn't a complete yeah. squash, but yeah. I know what you mean. Well, I mean, after the match, it looks like
0: AJ was beating up Andy Douglas, but we went to commercial or this video package to kind of avoid seeing that. Um, no, I mean, listen, my whole thing is when you have two guys that have been teaming for years, compared to Styles and Hardy, right? It, it probably should have been a little bit
1: more competitive. But now it's Shane Douglas talking to Dusty Rhodes, and they also told us up next is Monty Brown. For the record. Let me tell you, Shane Dog, what's going down? There's a communication.
4: Oh, he's been talking to the Midnight Rider. What the fuck? The director of wrestling operations, Vince Russo, and the Dusty Roads have had
2: miscommunications.
1: He's going to strive to get things right, and the bottom line is, is that Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett, it was one heck of a fight. Wow.
4: Yeah. A lot of confusion surrounded the event. Oh, he, he's going to make sure the return match does happen. There goes Monte Brown's title shot. But it does get signed, tail and deliver. We're going to up the ante just a little bit,
1: and he walks away.
2: Mm. Sounds like they're going to be doing a stipulation, my friend.
0: I like like Shane Douglas, who's like, ooh, okay, let's get ready for action. I like how Shane Douglas still cuts his promos like he's a wrestler. I love it.
2: Do you think we'll see Shane in the ring again? I would have to assume. Oh, here comes a Fordell Walker.
0: The man that knocked out Rick Steiner one time. Absolutely hilarious.
1: I mean, he's in good shape, so at least he's not a dweeb. Yeah. And who's he fighting, baby? Ooh, ah, the alpha male, Monty Brown. Blowing our pyro budget.
0: I know, dude. They They do pyro quite a bit. And I bet you Dixie Carter probably loves it. That's probably why they do it. I love fucking pyro, man. I do too, but, I mean, you don't need to do it, like,
1: after every match. No. I I do think that this is a time in wrestling where we just kind of had a lot of pyro even more. Like, it was just fucking pyro everywhere. Yeah. I like it for entrances a lot. We don't need it after matches. We don't.
0: I mean, there's, I think, if there's a major moment, yeah. But when you, I mean, we've seen it after AJ Styles has beaten, like, Bruce Steel or something. It's I think then they
1: just do it? Like Hardy and... Uh, yeah, yeah. That they was just, they just one, and they did fucking Pyro. Okay, let's see how fast this goes. Oh, f- oh okay. I literally uh, thought, I thought he was, he was about, about to, to do, do the pounce right there. 15 <laughs> seconds into the match. But here's the thing. I'd be totally fine with it. Double underhook. <clears throat> Vordell Walker here
0: is cosplaying as Ken Shamrock. I don't know if anybody is noticing this. but I would say if Ken Shamrock
1: and Jarrell Clark had a baby... It's 4 <laughs> one. Because he looks like, I feel like sure. maybe it's our quality of our, our video, but his face looks like Gerald Clark to me. Sure. And then he's got the gloves on and the red. Then he does. He looks like Ken Shamrock.
4: Yeah.
1: Even, the like, the body type. Oh, the power! Oh, there we go. Come on, pin him. Less than a minute. Let's go.
0: Nah, he's got to taunt the crowd for five
4: seconds. They're saying one more time. Hey, and he's Alan, dagger. He's, is he going to pin him? Oh, he is. Oh, my God. He
1: almost got off before the pin was done.
4: Yeah. So that,
0: that realistically is under a minute uh, in terms of any kind of uh, potential of fighting there for Vordell Walker. Leaving the scent in the ring. Oh.
1: I cut there. him off, but he said, I'm coming, and this is a very dangerous Something. I don't know what he was gonna say. Place maybe had.
0: Well here's the thing. So they're they're cutting these guys off, and you probably don't you probably wouldn't have to have done that if you didn't do a six and a half minute
2: Yeah
1: recap it, and We get another one. Holy shit, dude, Are <laughs> <Right>? we serious? <laughs> well, so, okay, so up next I believe they just said that Mikey Bats and Joel Clark are coming out uh, yeah. to fight. But so now we have to of course show that they won the dominance match. If you're following along at home, we are 21 minutes and three seconds into the show. So do you think they're doing this because it's like, okay, the last weekly pay-per-view will give people
0: full context of what is going on. And then maybe next week is when it's like not as heavy. I mean, because what else could you be recapping?
1: Right. I don't think we're going to be seeing nearly as much recaps. Maybe this is kind of like you said. Yeah, we get maybe have fresh eyes now. They know we're not just pay-per-view show, and maybe they'll, they'll tune in because they'll get full context to these stories and matches. Yeah. So here's kind of where we left off. And here comes Michael, Shane, and Kazarian. Yeah. Holy shit, so much pirate. You couldn't even see them. Jeez. Oh, we're not doing our handshake tonight, guys. We oh, are they all look, business. They look pissed. Kazarian looks pissed. Yeah. So that's good. We are motivated.
2: So that's good. I, was just I, to like, remember. I like
0: that
1: they are a bit serious here and pissed off. Yo, you can tell. Uh, let's not forget that when they taunt toward that hard cam, there is no one sitting there. Right. With 400 people in that building, no one is there. Which is really sad. Mikey Batch and Jarrell Clark, a tag team I never knew I needed to see. And here they are. I, I do remember liking um, Jarrell
0: Clark quite a bit. And it's because that When I first saw him hit that move, it was similar to Jason Cross when he hit the crossfire for the first time. The first time, really, only time I ever saw him hit it.
1: Yeah, because since then, I mean, he just doesn't... He doesn't
0: really do it well. 12-Clark got a two-count, and he proceeded to taunt them, saying, I got a two-count. 15 seconds into the match. Now he's getting double-teamed in the corner. He's firing back with some elbows and uh, forearms. Cut off by a kick by Shane, and kick to the head, and a swinging neckbreaker by Kazarian. Mike Posey not really enforcing
2: rules here.
1: No, he's just letting it go. He don't care right now. Well,
4: drops, Kazarian dropping uh, Clark over the top rope, and then kicks him to the apron.
1: It looks like the scroll there is just telling us the results. And, which is kind of—I didn't think about that, Bob. But usually they tell us what's happening next Wednesday. Right. We're probably not really getting that.
0: I wonder now if it's going to be like, "Hey, on uh, next week's Impact," right? I mean, that probably
1: makes sense. I would assume, but I could also see this thing just disappearing until they do. Oh, see, here we go. Never mind. Advertising the best of the tag team, uh, two uh, thousand four, which is a typo because it's literally two zero 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 four. Right. They had three zeros. Yeah. 20, I saw that scroll by earlier as well, but the problem is I didn't see the what was before it, so I was like, maybe it's a radio station or something. Yeah, right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the name of a venue. Yeah. No. No. Maybe it was Jeff Garrett's payoff for beating Jeff Hardy. Mogul well, Shane trying really hard to spin, do like a swing with Joel Clark. He could barely get it, but then Kazarian just dropped drug- kicked his head. <clears throat> Jeff
0: Sherrod is a smart man. He was able to double dip from Panda. So what can you say? Uh, Hey, folks, don't worry. I didn't forget about indie Notes. Uh, All the indie Notes are in this match. Oh, wow. Back on September 4th, which I don't know if I noted this uh, on the weekly paper. You probably didn't. But Samoa Joe defeated Frankie Kazarian uh, in a PWG title match. Oh, wow. Kazarian being the champion. But uh, Joe won by disqualification at PWG's The Next Show in Los Angeles, California. And then the final note for this week saw uh, Mikey Batts defeating Xavier on September 9th for IWW
1: in Ireland. Well, and just like that, Michael Shane gave a devastating super kick to Mikey Batts and to get the pin for him and Kazarian. I'm going to go on a record here, Bob, and I'm going to say Michael Shane might have one of the best super kicks. I do like a super kick. I mean, it's really good.
0: Considering how uh, kind of one-sided that was, do we think maybe the Clark Batts experiment is over?
1: Yeah, I do. Okay, we're backstage. Shane Douglas with Vince Russo. Now, I've noticed a trend here, Bob. Yeah. Most backstage interviews on Impact tend to be with two people, Dusty Rhodes and Vince Russo. That's true. And I understand that's like a story thing, but I just I want to see them. I like when they interview talent. <laughs> wrestling talent, I should say. Look at this shit. Bruce was got to determine the next number one contender. It's fucking Monty Brown. Let's just get to it, bro
4: The next
1: person who faces Jerry is gonna be the best man that he can find.
4: So he was saying it could be
0: like Hardy, Raven, Brian Brown, Abyss, or someone not even in the company. Big Sexy? I was just going to say, could it be a tease for Nash or Hall? Brian O. He doesn't even go by Brian Owens. He's just Brian O. This guy looks like a scrub. I feel like this is not going to go well.
2: No, because here comes Abyss. Yeah.
4: Oh, boy. All right. Well, there's uh. well, wait a minute. That is – that's the heel side. Right? Oh, that's a really good – well, yeah, I mean – So he's probably still a heel. Interesting.
1: He the possibility that he might go outside, potentially an oh, outsider? God, no. That's Dude. a heel. <laughs> Dude. Oh, Are we no. serious? <laughs> wow. Okay. That is a hard hit, right? Come on. Holy shit. Today made sure he was like, yeah, we could go somewhere outside. Potentially an outsider. Like the yeah, way he I said did, it, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he did. Uh, Brian, oh, definitely forgot to get his spray tan on here. And don't worry, he comes out of corner, ducks the clothes in by abyss, slaps abyss in the chest, and he gets chopped instead and gets taken out. And big splash in the corner. No, he hit a fucking elbow. Comes back. Okay. That, oh. was, that was not good. He was trying to duck a clothesline, but I don't think you're supposed to. Right into the post. Fuck you. You fucked me up. So you're getting a fucking shot to the, the post. And Abyss is taunting. And he's turning around. And big splash in the corner. There might be a reason we can't click on Brian O's name on Cage Match. Yeah. Probably because uh, his career short-lived.
0: Victory Road, November 7th. Oh, Bob, we are officially
1: on the road to Victory Road. Oh, black hole slam. I am. One, One, two, two
2: three. It's about a minute, eight seconds.
4: All right. Brian O was
1: 27. Absolutely I was, dominating. That was suggesting that Brian O is dead. <laughs> He's going to be when they go backstage and, uh, and uh, goes, why the fuck did you do that? Yeah. Up next, six points of impact. Oh, so we're going to hear Jeff Jarrett on the six points of impact with Jeff oh, Hammond. Okay. So it's not an in promo. That's interesting. I actually think I like that better. I feel like these Jeff Hammond things, though, haven't been... The best No, but you know what? I don't hate him as much as I thought I was when we first started with these. I was like, go fuck these. Why does it look why does it look like Jeff
0: Hammond's like at the TRL studios?
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. Is he
1: just talking and he's not talking to Jarrett? What the heck? Yeah, is it a so is it about Jeff Jarrett and not with him? Maybe experience edge. Number three is that Jeff Hardy underestimated oh, Jeff Jarrett.
3: Give me a bridge.
1: Okay, this I do not like. I like it when they talk to the person. Heart and a lot of endurance.
4: The fact that there's some interference is number five, Bob. Rose and Russo like, factor. Uh, this
0: sounds like Jeff Hammond's, a like turning heel. <laughs> He's done. Maybe Jeff Jarrett is there threatening him saying that you better say these words. Could be. Win at any cost is the sixth point.
4: Jeff Jarrett trying to throw Jeff Hardy out over the balcony and and kill him. A true champion, no matter what the cost.
1: Oh my God, Bob. Did we jinx ourselves? So here's Jeff Jarrett now. Jeff Jarrett's music playing. And he's coming out that tunnel. Yeah, we fucking jinxed ourselves. He's
0: nine. his ring gear, so he is in fact just talking. As
4: uh, the last quarter hour of the show has begun. Hmm.
1: Yes, he's yeah. cut open. He's got a bandage on his forehead. Holy oh, pyro! Okay, and
4: so I thought it was like his, like his bangs were
0: super long, but it's a bandage.
1: Yep. Yeah, he uh, he was busted open there in that match, of course. If you're playing Jeff Jarrett Bingo at home. Is that a new, like, necklace or something? What is that? It's quite the necklace. What is that? Jeff Jarrett wears some questionable clothing around this time. Yeah, he's taking some wardrobe uh, risks.
4: Yeah. Lead analyst is a NASCAR driver for your wrestling show. I'm just
0: interesting. He's helping know- analyze. And I know he has his own
4: FS1 show, but still. He's got a black eye, too, or what? sure looks like it. His left eye? (sighs) Director of Authority.
2: The new NWA World Heavyweight Champion.
4: I'm sad. I'm very upset right now.
1: I'm asking somebody why I am standing here, right here, once again. Because you booked it, Jeff. Yeah, why is he standing here at the NWA champion? Oh, no, not the King of the Mountain. Oh, my God. We're going to have a King of the Mountain match.
4: The fans want Hardy. I would rather have Mounty Brown at this point. Line him up one by one and I'll take him out. Oh, okay. Well, notice he didn't say line up Abyss because he probably knows he can't beat Abyss.
0: He said Hardy. He said Mounty, He even said Raven. But he didn't say Just give me Abyss.
4: Japan. Very well from Mexico. Puerto Rico. That's Apollo, right? Is that a shout out to Apollo? Oh, my God. <laughs> Bring in some outsiders. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> They
0: are really, they are really fucking doing this right now. Outsiders. Oh, I wonder who they could be talking about. Wait a minute. If I've already beaten to the pun, is he suggesting that
4: he's brought in the Outsiders? Um,
2: <sighs> One half of America's most know. wanted. I don't
4: know.
0: Is this, are they going to already become like a watered down WCW? Because if I see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall <laughs> come in here, with Jeff Jarrett and it's like, oh, NWO again, I'm going to freaking lose it. Okay, highlight
2: package
4: again, Bob. Prime time, baby. We're getting another video package here, folks, of the uh, tag team titles, which Harrison
0: Skipper. Two guys that uh, don't like each other. Uh, they won. Beating the Naturals. As you see here, Skipper hitting Stevens, the chair, Spear onto Douglas. And that was good enough for the three
4: count. We may hate each other. This is like the Mega Powers. Teaming up. They may not like each other, but similar goals.
0: Team Canada, Scott Demore leading out, it looks like, Johnny Devine and Bobby Roode and some more
1: pyro. That's a much better camera angle. They usually do that pyro angle with Team Canada, like, zoom super far out, so I really like that. They probably had to do it like that because there's no one in the crowd, but yeah. I liked it better.
4: Who's the greatest? Moore is claiming that he punched out Dusty Rhodes,
0: which I mean isn't really true because he, uh, you know, he lost. Oh, here we go. Is this so, Harris? I'm assuming Harris and Skipper are going to be wrestling or teaming up, right? I would assume. Okay. Do you think that anything could possibly go wrong for them in this match?
1: Uh, I mean, how many miscommunications are there going to be? I feel like they got to have some. I mean, this is a brand new team,
0: right? Well, I don't even know if it's a team. Like, they don't want to
4: be a team. Like, I, I think it, I hate this. It's so stupid. <laughs> Say it. Say my name. They're really hyping up a fucking recap show of the best of matches. You don't want to
0: miss the matches that aired seven months ago. Harrison Roode kicking us off here. Harris ducking a clothesline. Fez Perez, left hand punches. Ten minute time limit. I don't believe this is a title match, right?
1: Uh, not to my knowledge. Um, I feel like they would have done the whole held up the title thing here, but we're brawling ringside. We're going crazy. Who knows, dude?
0: Wouldn't uh, the time also be Yes, longer? it would be longer.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really great indication on impact because the, t- the title matches end up being 30 minutes. Right. So that, yeah, this is definitely not a tough spin kick
0: here by Skipper to Divine. Uh,
1: Skipper is so freaking good. <clears throat> Very
0: Unfortunately, underrated. Unfortunately... Uh, Unfortunately, Meltzer thinks that Daniels is carrying him,
1: so. He also isn't like Monty Brown this whole time. And, yeah. like, he's been pretty damn good almost the entire time, and he's only gotten better, I think. Right.
0: That's all right. Meltzer's not uh, the brightest, I guess. Harris and Skipper working together, stomping away on Johnny Devine. That yeah. confirmed. It is, in fact, a non-title.
4: Thanks, Tenet. Attempted
1: suplex. Harris counters vertical stalling suplex, of course, and Tipper tags in. are going to do a double team here. Are they going to do, yeah, the
0: uh, vertical suplex cross-body combo? But Rude makes the save. He's not going to let Johnny take the fall. At least not yet. No, no, no. Now here's, now, here's another instance, okay, where I understand Skipper and Harris are tag team specialists, but they don't team together. I, if I was booking this, I'd just have rude and divine win.
1: I mean, that'd be pretty big, too. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thought for Team Canada at all.
4: TNA, that's best of tag teams on Wednesday. Skipper into
0: the ropes with elbow by Rude. Another elbow drop. Glorious! Oh, sorry. And then he is knee drop. Going for a cover. Skipper is going to matrix oh. out of that. Oh, full Nelson slam. Nice. One, two... Kick out by Skipper. Rude decking Harris on the apron, but Harris is not going to tolerate that. He'll distract the referee, allowing a double team to Skipper by Divine and Rude.
4: We've just passed the
0: three-minute mark into the match.
1: And we are at 40 minutes right now into this show.
0: While the runtime is 46... On the dot, so this could has this has a potential for a draw. Yeah. Divine going to the top, going for his moonsaw, which is usually looking pretty good. He bent the knees on the way up there. Yeah, and he hits it. Divine intervention is the name
2: of that. I like that.
0: But Harris breaks it up. I think Giant Divine is another guy that
1: uh, maybe a little underrated here. I agree with that. I've, I've really been enjoying Johnny Devine. I've always known who he was, but I, I don't think I've seen, like, tons of his matches. I, right. I don't think either. I've, I've seen a lot of the other guys in Team
0: Canada, but not a lot of him. Right. Harris cleaning house here on Divine Backdrop after several right hands. But Bobby Roode coming in. Sends Harris in the ropes. Misses a clothesline. Leaping clothesline by Harris. Brian O is probably taking notes on how to properly take a clothesline. Running power sent by Harris on Divine. But Rude makes the save again, and now Skipper is, is involved. Dumps Rude to the floor. That leaves the champs in just Divine. Uh-oh. Oh, I thought you were going for a close, or the heart attack, but it's Spine Buster by Skipper. Now he's yelling at Harris to do something. Are they going to do the death sentence?
1: Oh, come on. Don't do that. Oh, no, no, heart, heart attack. attack. See, but they're doing AMW shit. But yeah. Scott Demore hit Chris Harris in the back with a hockey stick. Skipper, oh. oh, he took out Scott Demore with that corkscrew. Uh,
0: Closely from behind, though, by Rude, the Northern Lariat. <gasps> oh, oh shit! And Divine pins Harris.
1: Oh, I like that a lot.
2: That's really good. <laughs> I. I think that's great booking. Uh,
0: that's exactly what I would have done.
2: That was awesome.
0: That's how it should be. Skipper and Harris are not a well-oiled machine. The Rude and Divine are. That, Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine.
1: <clears throat> wow. The more
0: saying that they're no, they're the number one contenders, and I mean, how could they
4: not
1: be? Oh, here comes the rest of Team Canada: Eric Young, P.D. Williams, and we're going Eric down. Young for a is, is he limping? Those like are young. Oh, is he's limping. not even
4: like kicking them, man. He might have hurt himself.
2: It's something. It looks like his left he's leg not,
0: is the one he's favoring.
4: He's not working how he normally does. You can tell.
3: Yeah.
4: Is someone going to make the save or what? Here's getting choked out by the Canadian flag. The music is restarted for Team Canada. They've been beating it up so I much. I love that. <laughs> Someone's going to be coming out. Who's this? Daniels and Storm. Oh, wow. Wait, this is awkward. Yeah. Harris and Skipper are up and they're going... Here comes the Naturals.
0: Okay. Are we going to end the show on a massive brawl or what? Dude, every impact ends like that. <laughs> Probably, what, three live crew are going to come out, right?
4: That just seems like the the next scene. Yeah, there's Ron. Conan. I
0: don't... I don't see BG James anywhere.
1: If the game is a dream... Oh, wait, is this our commercial? It looks like it. It was oh,
4: starting from the first show.
2: It,
0: you think this is a commercial for the pay-per-view?
2: Yeah. It has to be, right? If it's just started as a dream, probably
0: Victor Rowe time. Jeff Jarrett got eliminated. Took him 11 weeks or whatever to win the championship. Good times.
1: Oh, from Japan, the Hulk Hogan stuff. Oh, because they're talking, I mean, essentially, yeah, this was going to be like, it's that first three-hour thing. So, talking about bringing TNA to Jarrett, there's some sting footage. Raven coming in. Oh, man, that's so good. The, rea- the reality, we're talking about I'm Phenomenon. About
4: ultimate X. Notice that the blood is black and white. Here on yeah. Er- or Locker. Six sided, uh, the six sides of steel. This is cool. I mean, they're hitting all the
0: big moments like pretty good. I would say. On November seventh. I like this voiceover guy. November seventh.
1: Forever change the face of professional I'm wrestling.
0: Goosebumps because I remember fucking watching like this shit and be like, I gotta get my third row.
1: Vengeance will unfold. The old road will crumble. A brave new world will emerge. TNA Wrestling presents. Oh baby, I got goosebumps Holy too, Bob. Shit, I legitimately dude. have goosebumps. I legitimately do have goosebumps. <laughs>
0: Holy shit, that's nuts. Okay, here's my next, here's my question for you. And I just thought about this from that from that video. Is we get a same closing video package thing from the beginning? <clears throat> um. The Outsiders thing, okay, and they show the Hogan stuff. Do you you think maybe there's an attempt to tease that it could be Hogan?
1: I wouldn't be surprised about that.
0: Now, I know Hogan's not an outsider, technically, folks. I get it. But I could see that being a tease. Outsider
1: of the company. Right.
0: Yeah, and then you you just happen to, you know, have a focus there on Hogan a little bit. I don't know. It's just a thought, maybe. I don't know. Uh, All right, Dallas, what did you think
1: of that edition of uh, Impact? You know, at first I wasn't sure. With the video packages, I was kind of, like, getting a little irritated. I was, too. But I actually think that ended up being a pretty good episode of Impact.
2: I liked it.
4: Um,
0: yeah, I mean, once we got past the six and a half minute starting point of the uh, video packages, it turned into being pretty decent, I'd say. I, I did like the booking of the main event with uh Rude and Divine
1: uh going over. Oh, I mean, that I think was time the peak hands. of the show. I mean, that was the best yeah. part for me,
0: yeah. Uh, is it, I, would, I would say this is a lower level impact.
1: Yeah, but I almost think it was better than the past couple weeks, even, because of the fact that, I mean, that main event alone, the booking of it, I think, was pretty good. And at least, like, some stuff happened, because on the last couple episodes, it was really just like, here's some squash matches to get us on TV. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, I'm hoping it it can only go up from here.
1: I think it will. (laughs) Um, But... And I think after all those video packages, I think we're going to be a little bit smoother going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous about this whole outsider thing, though. I really don't know how I feel about the potential of uh, Nash and Hall coming in, if that's what they're teasing.
2: Right. That's got me a little worried.
0: I can see that not going well.
2: No, I agree with that. So. Um
0: all right, well I don't have anything else
1: for I don't I don't either man. I'm ready to get into the next episode of Impact and uh, the rest of Impact and Bob. As we keep saying, I think we said it last week. We are officially on the victory road. I cannot wait to get to that show. Dude, like you said I I got goosebumps. That thing when he, that voiceover yeah. is say, saying those lines, dude. They we we read the note already. That was fucking awesome. David Sahadi, thank you for coming to TNA, because we freaking needed video packages like this to be happening.
3: Yeah,
0: that was pretty cool. And uh, I am looking forward to watching Victory Road, a show that I have not watched in a long, long time. So it'll be pretty cool to get fresh eyes on that. But before we get to Victory Road, we still have eight more weeks of impact. So buckle up, folks we still got a little ways to go, but in just a short amount of time, we'll reach our destination, and that destination will be victory Road. But until next week, for some more impact, for Dallas, really, I am Bob Gunning Jr., and this has been the TNA Across the Line Podcast.